Hey guys, Tyler here. So this is us ranking our top 25 games of the last generation. If you guys missed the uh, previous episodes, go back and check them out. If not, hope you guys enjoy, enjoy this next part. Uh, love you guys. See you later. Uh, well, moving on to my number five here. Uh, it was my 2015 game of the year, Metal Gear Solid Five, And it, it was I was kind of all over the map with this one where it's like, um, it's still one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, but it's just like, it's still a phenomenal game. Like, even if it was just called Phantom Pain, I think it'd be a phenomenal game. But it's like, it almost kind of hurts being Metal Gear Solid 5 more than it helps, I think. Where it's like, it's Hideo Kojima's masterpiece to me. Like, this was what Metal Gear was, like, supposed to be. And it's just like, it's such a shame where it's like, my favorite franchise of all time was like, this is the end of it. This is filling in the gap, the last gap we have. Uh, between three and Metal Gear on NES, you know, and Metal Gear Solid Three on uh, PS2 and Xbox, you know, where it's like we're filling in that gap there. What happened with uh, Naked Snake, Venom Snake, uh, Phantom Snake, Big Boss, whatever you want to call them, um, you know, it's just like it's such a shame that like Chapter Two was just like mostly like the same missions from Chapter One, but like hard version. And then chapter three you had to get cut to put the game out, and like they they got um, what's his name to be the the voice actor, but it sounded like they had him for an hour and one take to get everything done. Um, it's like I I still but it's like all that said I still f- love this game, and definitely a good chunk of it is 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 a fan the fanboy I mean where it's like I Metal Gear is my favorite franchise of all time. It's like it always will be. Kojima is a favorite game creator of all time as much as I dislike Death Stranding. Um, but yeah, it's just like, I love, it's, it's all the shit I love about Hideo Kojima where it's like, his name isn't everything written by, produced by, directed by every time you start a mission up, it's, it's like Hideo Kojima's names everywhere. Um, and then just the outlandishness, like you have, you have D dog who has an eye patch for no, like what? Well, okay. Uh, you got, um, oh God, what's her, you got the girl that like she breathes through her skin, even though it's like uncreepy and uncomfortable. But it's just like she breathes through her skin. That's why she wears a bikini. Um, and uh, quiet. Yeah, quiet. Thank you. Uh, but it's just, you know, like it was knocking on an enemy or shooting with a tranquilizer and then fucking uh, having them like balloon them off the fucking uh, mother base uh, is never gets old to him, him screaming or like doing the same thing to an animal or fucking. Uh, a car or a tank it's just like it's it's never got old it's just like a and like a fucking goat fucking going up in the fucking sky it just never got old it was it's like and you're scoping out it's like ah oh, that guy's got an s rank as a fucking mechanic okay that bitch is mine you know it's like i'm i'm gonna play in the next hour how i'm gonna get this fucker um but it's just, yeah it's and like the boss is is really cool and really well done uh, i think the final fight at the end of chapter one it's really like the, the peak of that game to me. Um, but it's just like, even like the dumb shit, it was like, uh, like the, the, the disease going around spreading and trying to figure out why this, what's causing this disease to spread and everything. It's just like, it, it's got all the things you want in a Deo Kojima game. It just doesn't have that satisfying ending, uh, that, that we wanted in the Metal Gear Solid franchise and the Metal Gear franchise. And it's like, I still hold out hope to this day that we'll get that. But, um, it's a very slim hope, but it's, it's a little lesser every day, but uh, yeah, my number five is uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, Gables, what's your number five? Dragon Ball Fighters. 
Wow, okay. Let me tell you something, man. It's like, when it comes to fighting games, I love me a good fighting game. And we had a lot of fantastic ones this past generation. Street Fighter V, even though it started off terrible in terms of its launch and stuff, reorganized itself through Capcom's trial and errors and stuff with subsequent like expansion sort of things to get actual arcade mode stuff going through, lots of different characters and stuff to where it was comparable. Then you have Tekken 7. That's a fantastic game experience. A lot of good characters, a lot of good like things. Even like Soul Calibur 6, that was fantastic, in my honest opinion. The single-player thing kind of lacked at some retrospects and stuff, but yeah, there was still a lot of great characters you could play and experiment for. But I feel that Dragon Ball Fighters outdoes all of them. And that's because there are two elements that I like. Obviously, the Dragon Ball franchise, but another, it takes a arc system works, borrowed a mechanic, like borrowed a system, quintessentially, that was more reminiscent of a classic game that I loved playing to death back in the day, and that was Marvel vs. Capcom 2. The 3v3 fighter doing all these random combos, doing this, all these crazy-ass, like, character combinations, stuff like that, to make your team, like, quintessentially what you wanted to make. And that is quintessentially Dragon Ball Fighters. You use a lot of the different characters from the Dragon Ball franchise. You have Goku, you have Vegeta, Piccolo, whoever you want to use. Even if you want to do something obscure, like, say, Super Baby 2, which that was one of the newer characters that released this past, like, like uh, on the season pass shit and stuff. But you can have all these different characters, do all these different combinations. Honestly, the online is super competitive. People are really good in regards to combining what uh, different characters do, what combos and stuff. It's a lot more competitive on the PC scene now because of how much the connectivity in the Jeep like, and all this other like stuff is... Uh, fine-tuned in that regards compared to the ps4 version but at the same time it's like the online's comparable really decent in my honest opinion but uh single player is fine i like to play through that initial single player part of the reason why i feel like it's one of the best dragon ball games is because it goes in depth like a certain situ like certain situations and stuff that you wouldn't see like really inside of like uh like mainline things in the show but more or less like some like a what if sort of scenario in this and that, but I like the new characters like, like uh, Android Twenty One. Like her, she's a fun character. She's also a great fighter to play as and stuff because she does all these combinations. She turns her opponents into candy or like the cookies or those and just eats them and stuff like that. That's always so fun. It's like crazy, bizarre sort of shit. But you have all these like outlandish characters that you can play as and stuff and team up. And they do all these random, like, crazy-ass attacks. Let's say that with Piccolo, when it's like a super beam, like a special beam cannon and stuff like that. You can combo it into, like, some sort of, like, air assault things or whatever the hell. It's just the amount of options that I had at my disposal on top of me wanting to get better at the game, streaming myself playing this game for, like, at least the past couple of years and stuff, on and off, and then facing off against these people online that's, like, crazy good. But I... Obviously, I'm a glutton for punishment. I'd go through it anyway because I wanted to try to go through and get, like, uh, at least some bit of enjoyment out of the online stuff. But, yeah, Dragon Ball Fighters, I feel like, is the best fighting game over this past generation. 
And so that's why it's at number five. Nice. Very cool, Gables. Well, we are again to the uh, – we see the light now on this. We are now into the final four. Uh, moving on to my number four here. Horizon Zero Dawn, my game, my game of the year for 2016. Um, mm. Or 2017, rather. I'm sorry. Uh, this game that like, – coming out, like I remember it came out the same week as Breath of the Wild and the Switch launch. Um, just like actually like three or four days before that. And um, I was going in like not really – I didn't really know what to expect out of this one. I was just like, okay, I'm going to – check this out because it looks or like checking out like I, I was intrigued by like the idea of like we've seen all these games that like go like ah oh, futuristic flying cars or we see pre like games that take place you know in the olden days with like witches and you know like witch like, witcher style games or like dragon age style games it's like but I never see like this one where, like like all right the, like we're way in the future we're a thousand years in the future something happened we don't know what it is uh but it's not just like oh it's super futuristic. It's like no everything just went to shit, and it's like like the nature's taken over again. But there's also like these dinosaur robots <laughs> that are like roaming the earth, and it's just like you know these got these different uh, you know villages and stuff like that. And it's like uh, you know yeah I just I I really enjoy the gameplay. And it's just like every fight like you seem like not every fight but like you know when you fight some of these like you'll see these enemies like the, uh, like there's like the I think one's called like the lockjaw or something like that. And it's like you, you see these are these like the bird the ones that fly and it's just like you get to these like fights and you find some of these uh these uh robots and it's like you've you've killed them twenty times but like every single fight feels like a big fight situation where it's like you gotta be smart, you gotta dodge, you gotta die you gotta dash, you gotta dive, you gotta fucking it's like the five D's of dodgeball, dodge, dip, duck, dive and dodge to get the fuck out of the way of some of these attacks and not get killed. And, um, it really, it's, it's just that. And it's just like, you know, you got a, you got a bow and you got a fucking spear and, you know, good luck. And it, but it's, it's so well made. The combat so, so well made the, you know, it's, it's not once again, an open world game that like, you know, it's funny. Cause like open world games for the most part don't click with me, but there's a few on my list here that I've talked about. And it's just like, this is one of them where it's like, I was so intrigued by like the back. It's another thing where like, the backstory intrigued me so much where I was like, I was reading every, everything I could find about what the, what, what happened long, long ago or what's going on currently or like why, what's so important about Aloy and the situation. And yeah, it's just loved the whole moment, loved the world. And like you're going through a city that's been like the, you know, the trees have taken over, grass has taken over, nature's taken over. And it's just like, you're wandering through these environments, but it's like, it's, it's so well made the the story is that isn't it's not top notch but i think like i think at the very least the main characters of the game are interesting and they set it up so well for a sequel and it's like it's like i the the story i th- or i thought the, the reasoning i thought they would give for why um you know things with the shit was the reason why in the end but i'm so happy they didn't like swerve us just for the sake of like a swerve where it's like all right well you guys think this is going to happen so we're going to do this because you guys think the logical decision you, it's too logical. We gotta give you. We gotta zag for no reason. It's like they didn't do that. And you see so many times in like movies or TV shows or video games or whatever, like any sort sort of media where like we're just gonna do a twist for the sake of a twist, and it makes no sense when you think think about it. And it's like they stuck to it, and it still was impactful and still well done. Like when you when you get to that moment, it's like oh wow, okay. It's like I I knew it was coming, but I'm still stunned by this moment. But um, number four Gables is uh, a Rising Zero Dawn. What's your number four Gables? 
My number four is Uncharted 4 at the end. Oh, seven. look at that. I think we're at seven now. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that's seven. But uh, yeah, this is definitely my game of the year from 2016. Was it 2016? Yep. Yes. And that's for good reason, too, because this is a fantastic ending to a series that, honestly, in my honest opinion, should not be touched upon any further because of how well it set itself up to not only tie up a lot of the loose ends in regards to the trilogy of the Uncharted games, but honestly it gives good closure to like Nathan Drake and like Elena and stuff, and also their, their child as well, but uh, a lot of the fun elements, a lot of the struggles with Nathan Drake in regards to whether or not he should keep on continuing on or actually go through and like maybe he should just go ahead and hang up like a lot of what uh, his adventuring and stuff in order to settle like this family and this and that and then he wants to satisfy this last thing with uh with uh one of his ancestors in regards to like uh another member of the drake family from like long ago and stuff and try to get that old stuff tied up but on top of that he's got to face like one of his former friends and stuff like that as rival and you're basically in a battle between like uh try to find this treasure and against like your former friend and stuff and like all that leading up to all these cinematic moments like on a boat through a mansion where you have to infiltrate shit and then all of a sudden that final initial battle between you and your former friend with just fisticuffs all this fire going around you have to try to counter all this shit and stuff it was a fantastic adventure from beginning to end it definitely had a lot of fun times that uh, there was a lot of beautiful moments. Obviously Naughty Dog spared no expense to make sure this game looked like a quality game, but also like all this like subsidiary things you could do like off the beaten path, that was great. But it also had a story that honestly made sense to me and it was a lot more cohesive in terms of what the motivation was, what exactly like you could do in regards as Nathan Drake in order to get to the next plausible solution and stuff. There wasn't any added fluff. There really wasn't any type of, like, uh, like added crap or something that really deterred mm -hmm. the overall quality of the story experience. But story, gameplay, definitely was fantastic, in my honest opinion. And that was part of the reason why it was my number one game from back then and why it's number four now in the games of, like, uh, the generation. Oh, very cool, Gable. So, uh... You, your number one game from uh, 2016 was your number four. My number one game for 2016 is my number three. It's a game called Last Guardian. Uh, nice. It's a game, I mean, a big part of the reason why it's on my list is like, not only was it to me a fantastic game, I'm a sucker for a dog um, and also a, uh, a dog that can fly, apparently, in Trico. Uh, if, uh, if you're watching this, I have a, I guess it's cut off, but I have like a, a Trico statue. I, have the, I bought the collector edition for that. I spent the, like 150 bucks for it. I have the book up there, the art book up there. It's like, it's my next tattoo eventually is get a Trico tattoo. Like, I am so fucking obsessed with this goddamn fucking goddamn bird dog thing. Uh, and I just, it's, 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 a, it's a nine years of waiting for this game from the first time we saw it. And just like, I, you know, being, this be it. like, it was announced in 2007. And it's like, I, okay, this game looks really, really good. And I'm like, I can't wait. Never playing Shadow of Colossus, never playing Ico, uh, and or Ico, and just like I, I totally want to play this game. Can't wait to play this game. And then like years go by of nothing, and then just like I remember when they when they brought it back in like 2014, they brought it in the E3, and I was just like tears. I'm just like I can't believe I, I just thought it was dead, and 
to bring it back, you know, got delayed <laughs> like twice in that last year. Um, and to come out and it's just like, not only be like good, but really, really good. I thought like, in just like a story that's really, really well told. And it's like, it's not like an in your face story. It's just like, you know, understanding, like, uh, they, they tell you some stuff like they, they don't like, they don't talk, but they like, they show you, but they, but like, there's so much stuff in that game where it's like, it's like a show don't tell type of thing. And just, you know, the adventure of, you know, the boy and Trico and just like him, like not listening to you very well. It's very frustrating as a gamer, you know, where it's like, he's not listening to you, but it's also like part of the game design, but it's still frustrating. But as the game progresses, like, you guys work together more and more and you feel that bond, you grow that bond where it's like, he's listening to you. He still does the things you want to do. And it's like, there's definitely times where it's like, that's a game issue where it's like, it's the game not working. It's not the game. Like, tr- like, Oh, you guys haven't bonded enough. No, it's like the game doesn't work as well, but it's like, it's still just like, it's definitely that. Like I, I admit that I, I overlook a lot of its faults. Um, but still end up loving this game. And like I said, I'm a sucker for a goddamn dog with wings. And every time something was bad, was happening that, that fucking beautiful bird dog. Like he was, he was yiping. I'm like, I was in panic where I got to go help him. I'm like, fuck, he's, 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 he's getting hurt or he's in danger. I gotta go save him. Like I would like, as if like Louis himself, my dog was like in danger. I'm like, fuck. Like I would just like lose my shit. I'm like, I can't function anymore correctly. I would be terrible in a crisis cables. That's what I'm saying. And, uh, and this game proves it, especially when it comes to a dog. Uh, but my number three is last guardian gables. What's your number three? My number three is persona four. Golden. Oh, okay. That's a Vita game, correct? Or was that PS? Yes. Okay. Yes, actually right. that one is, in my honest opinion, the best game to play on the PlayStation Vita. And the part of the reason for that is because of how well constructed the story alongside of the addicting gameplay is meshed together so well. What starts off as a what starts off as like a, a crazy mysterious murder ends up evolving into you diving into a TV set which takes you to the Midnight Channel. A spiritual realm, more or less, with all these shadows and potential demons or something like that that you can defeat or you can convince them to join your side in order to try to unravel why these events are occurring in the first place. But along the way, along this, this long, slow burn of a game, you'll eventually come across a lot of these different characters that you'll either love a lot of like their traits a lot of their different things and a lot of their different like uh, quirks or you will come to maybe not like certain aspects of some other characters and stuff but keeping in mind is all of these personality traits and a lot of their arcanas will affect what you'll do in regards of the main game because in order to advance further in certain dungeons and in certain like other types of like situations you have to have high link levels in order to not only create stronger monsters through fusing, but you can also unlock certain specific traits in regards to like social standings in regards to like saying having a max say in uh, like proficiency or a max in like strength or, or guts or whatever the hell. And that will contribute onwards to creating like an easier experience for you to go through and enjoy for the rest of the game. 
So where Persona 4 Golden comes in, it's a quintessentially the greatest hits version of the original game, which came out in 2008 on the PS2, but was subsequently like uh, not only upgraded, but also added more content that the original game didn't have on the PlayStation Vita. And quite honestly, the reason why it's so high is because there are very few games that you can play where if you spend that much time and, like, you're engrossed in the story and the characters and, like, the elements of the characters that way you care about what happens, what you're, what they're going to do next, that is a sign of great, not only game design, but it's also, a, like, a trait of great storytelling. So, in that regards, it was one of the few games where I didn't want to put it down. And I was completely sad when the damn thing ended because I wanted to play more inside of this inside of this like in this story to like uh obviously like uh, be still with these characters in that regards and so with all of that stuff that's why it's number three on my list very cool very <laughs> cool um moving on here to uh my number two gables it is my 2020 game of the year yep. last of us part two um i sp- spent a whole 20 plus minutes just a few months ago going on about why it's my favorite game of 2020. Um, and I, I mean, I'm not gonna do it again. It's two 30 in the morning. or three hours into this, this podcast session. <laughs> uh, just this one podcast is not including the one we did before this. And, uh, but it's the greatest story I think told in a game ever uh, with Ellie, like the, my emotions in this game have never been so, heightened by a game before where it's like the rage Ellie felt is the rage I felt. Um, and just the toll, the way they play with your emotion in this game where like this, the whole second half of that game and replaying the entire events again. And the, the ending, like the, the last chunk of the game. Um, yeah, it's, it's a great game to play. It's a fun, it's like, it's not, I shouldn't say fun game. The gameplay is really well made. Uh, it's, torturous the entire time uh just it's more that it's just like you go through these waves of enemies and it's just like you feel like you are always on the cusp of running out you feel like it, it really does a great job of like it's the best the game has done for me like in a survival game where it's like you feel like you're always on like you'll get like you'll be overloaded with ammo or weapons and then you'll just like all of a sudden like you'll get to a couple firefights and it's like you are like every shot matters, you know, it's like, I mean, I don't want to compare it to like, like this happened in real life kind of thing, but it's like, it really would be like, you're going in with like, I got, all right. You're like, you know what you got. Like, all right, I got eight fucking uh, bullets in my pistol. I got two shots in my rifle. I got three fucking arrows. I got one goddamn fucking grenade. Uh, um, uh, what's the, the Molotov cocktail. It's like, you know what you got going into it. It's like, all right, you got to plan this out smartly. And I'm going to this, I'm sneaking. And I got to figure out how I can, I can take this guy out. I can take like It's just like, it's so well done in that sense. And it's like, I think it's the greatest combination of characters ever put into a game before. Uh, I think it's the greatest story ever put into a game before ever. Um, and I don't know how Naughty Dog or anybody will ever be able to top this, this game from a story based uh, game. Uh, obviously there's a game that topped it for me that I'll get to in a moment, but uh, that's number two Gables. Last was part two Gables. What's your number two? My number two is Fire Emblem Awakening, 
which was my, I want to say, 2013 game of the that's, year. That's uh, is that 3DS? Okay. Yes, that's 3DS. That was the third one, wasn't it? Because there was like one, there was two, and then like there was a third one after that. Or is I'm thinking of the wrong one. I think you're thinking of the wrong okay. one because I know for a fact that that was the first Fire Emblem game on the 3DS. Okay. And then like the second one was Birthright, and then the third one it was the one you were. I think you were. Uh, think I think it was like because uh, the second one, Birthright, was like the one of a trilogy, really. Because Game you have Conquest, and then you have like something else. Wait, what? Hello. Did I freeze? Oh, yep. Are you there? Okay, yeah. What was I thinking of? Yeah, Sorry. Here. Okay, you froze for like a, like ten seconds. Go ahead. Okay, so basically, I think you what you're you referring to is like for the for the third the third game yeah. in and of itself was like the trilogy when essentially mm. so yeah birthright conquest and like the third one in that regard okay that's what i was thinking You've of also it. been thinking about that yeah. okay but uh fire emblem awakening the reasoning why it is so high on this list and why is it the number two is because of how fantastic not only the storytelling is but how addictive the gameplay became especially especially with the huge cast of characters, which I was highly invested in, not only maxing out a lot of these characters, but also testing with the elements of, like, mixing certain, like, uh, relationship stuff together to where when they do produce, like, children and stuff like that, like, those different traits and those different things and, like, how they would perform in certain tasks and situations. I played through this game in its entirety, like, two different times, and I got at least, I want to say, over 70 to, like, 100 hours out of this damn game it definitely has a lot of legs. It's definitely a fantastic experience. The quality of the story was there, too. It actually had me at points to where it's like, okay, is is the main protagonist, is, is he going to make it out, is he or her going to make it out alive, you know? Can this do this or do that? Because quintessentially what I did is, like, I had the, uh, I started off, I had a, a female character at first, and I did for the second playthrough, I think, a male character and stuff, and different perspectives and stuff but it wasn't exactly bad at all it was actually pretty damn good in regards to subsequential like not like alienating things if you chose a specific gender or whatever the hell but it was definitely a great experience in terms of like learning how to team up with certain individuals and how their stats all rank up like with each other and provide better like teamwork and stuff and the whole leveling up of like a grid to where these two units are now more friendly with each other. Now it's like at a C rank or an A rank, or with certain like, with certain characters, say like uh, with the opposite gender, you can do like an S rank or something like that to have that relationship go to where it was. And man, just the amount of fun I had just during like just enjoying the story was more or less similar to what I did with Three Houses. Only it's even more so with Three Houses for Switch. So that's why it's at number two. Yeah, very nice. Very cool. Well, moving on to the grand finale, my number one Gables uh, game of this year, of uh, this last generation. It's, I mean, if you haven't figured it out by now, I don't know. I mean, you haven't been listening to this podcast very long. It's uh, Fast Furious Crossroads. Um, it's Fast and Furious. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it, dude! Don't. It's almost like freaking one. It is. It is two thirty here, <laughs> and we are we recorded for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, dude. I couldn't help myself. Uh, it is. Uh, I saw you drinking, and I had to. I had to go for it. Uh, Low hanging fruit. Uh, it is. Oh, 
God of War 2018. Uh, and this, like I said, I made this list over a month ago. It, this isn't like a recency bias thing of like replaying God of War again. It's like I, I, you know, I played Last of Us just last June. I'm playing this just, you know, in 2018. I'm playing again right now. Uh, but for me, it's like I talk about like Last of Us Part Two was the greatest story of its whole, the greatest combination of characters ever told. But it's like God of War is like made me deep dive into like this is before I even started replaying it again. Like this is like end of last year where I was like I started just like fucking watching like deep dive videos explaining the 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 mythology of the world or backstories of the characters and like explaining like uh like and like going crazy and like theories for like what god of war ragnarok's gonna be and like um but it's also just on top of that more it's like where it's like i think it's a really well told story it's an amazing story amazing world built game looks crazy i love the world serpent i love um mirror like on a on your like you carry him around throughout the whole game telling you backstories of like these characters and like these, these gods in the North mythology, but also like the gameplay is, it's so fucking fun. Like I feel like just a fucking badass. like throwing, it's never getting old playing it through a second time, throwing the ax and retrieving it. Like the, the feeling I got the first time I threw it and retrieved it. It's the same feeling I have playing it just a few hours ago and retrieving it for the 10,000th fucking time. It's like that you just feel like a badass running through enemies. Like some of these boss fights I'm going through. And it's just like when you just do some crazy fucking shit. Or like things just line up great with combinations. It's just, it's it's great. It's phenomenal. Like I, it is to me, like I talked about this even when I did the game of the year thing where it's like last was part two and got awarded. That's a battle for me. Like that's not just like game of the generation conversation. That's a greatest game of all time conversation. Like that to me, like I feel safe saying God of war is the greatest game of all time to me. It's, it's the goat for me. Um, and it's just, it's crazy. Cause like, I didn't give a fuck about God of war. Like I tried playing God of war on PS2 back in the day and I didn't, didn't click for me. I tried replaying it again on PS3 and I got like three quarters of the way through it. And I was like, I'm just forced. My, I'm not even enjoying this game at all. I don't like this game. And like going in, like not caring at all. And like to go into God of War, it's like, it's, it's essentially God of War 4 at this point. There's some backlog, even though they don't really touch upon too much, but like they, they acknowledge it's there. And there's some stuff that like he has to deal with from that original trilogy of like him going through and like dealing with the issue of being a father, being like getting close to his son, the death of his wife and everything. It's just like, it's, it's, in the end, it's a story about a father and a son on a journey together to do something important of like, you know, spreading his mother's ashes on the tallest peak of the tallest, uh, on the tallest, uh, peak on the tallest mountain in all of the land. And I'm going on this, but it's like, it turns into so much more of like him, you know, like bonding with the son, trying to, and like trying to like forgive himself of the sins of his past and all that. It's just phenomenal story but it's just like i think what puts it over the top like it's not i don't think it's the story is last part two story better to me yes but is is but what makes a difference is like the moment to moment of, the, of this game where like the gameplay is top-notch is phenomenal like i don't like i said like the the the, the, the biggest thing to me and the, the tiebreaker for me on this is Levi this is the Le, uh, leviathan axe where like i said doesn't matter how many times i fucking chuck that thing and i hit an enemy and I call it back. It feels great every single time, and that's why it's my uh, number one uh, game of the generation and game of all time. God of War twenty eighteen. Gables, why is Pitter Pot your number one? <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> oh 
We'll do a top 25 worst games Pitter of the generation, and then Pitter Pot will be all 25 for you. <laughs> we'll make a top 20. It's just going to be the 25 reasons why you hate Hitter Pitter Pot. All right. So the number one game for me for last generation is Persona 5 Royal. Absolutely, 100%, without a doubt, in my opinion, Persona 5 Royal is the top RPG from the past generation. It's definitely one of my favorite games of the generation, and quite honestly, it's one of the best games I have played on the PS4. It has everything that the previous entry had in regards to the addictive gameplay, in terms of the narrative, in terms of like the customization stuff, but it's all picked up a notch in that regards. And quite honestly, it holds everything that I do love about playing RPGs. Fun, addictive gameplay that can be pretty fast and you can just either spend a couple hours playing or you can actually go through and spend like maybe a couple of minutes here and there. It has great characters and definitely the ideas like going through a lot of these characters and learning like who these individual characters are, great character buildings, like building and stuff to like better like uh, emphasis of like creating better monsters and stuff. I thought the supporting cast around Joker in Persona 5 Royal was really great in comparison to say Persona 4 Golden which did have some interesting characters in that regards but I wasn't really compelled to go back and actually learn more about them but with Persona 5 Royal it's like I'm still like in a second playthrough it definitely prompted me to want to do a second playthrough almost soon after I finished the main game originally because I wanted to not only enjoy that world much more in regards to learning more about specific characters and stuff but I wanted to go through with like a fresh set of eyes of what I could have noticed in terms of the narrative stuff as far back like uh, as far back as like the second main dungeon and stuff like that because the game meticulously sets up like the whole theme of like redemption and the whole theme of like breaking your chains and rebel against your destiny in regards to going forth your own way and keep moving forward no matter what holds you down and pretty much no matter what ends up happening and stuff you got to go through move forward be true to yourself and maintain like a sense of like stability in terms of your convictions and morals in regards to get what you want that is the main lesson that this game potentially not just potentially but that does teach you in terms of like it's storytelling in that regards i felt like while playing as Joker, yeah, there were a lot of times where we kind of feel like a lot of the world isn't going against you and stuff because you were pretty much kicked out of your school and stuff like that because uh, you were at the wrong place at the wrong time because this one politician or something was, like, drunk and was, like, trying to, like, like hit on this one woman or something like that. You called him out on it, and all of a sudden, like, uh, like you end up, like, punching him or something like that. He ends up bleeding, but he ends up, like having you arrested and you have to transfer to this other like uh you have to transfer to like your hometown so like the city in that regards and and then all of a sudden from there it's all like a quintessential like a slow methodical build and storytelling and gameplay you meet the different cast of characters progressively it felt like such an organic experience in regards to how things were conveyed and how things that were like 
set up to where it rivals some of the best movies and some of the best TV shows that I've watched personally. Because a lot of the elements of the great story, of like a lot of the elements of a great story in general, is how much engagement you get out of seeing the story evolve through how these characters interact with one another and basically how they go through and uh, figure out certain situations and stuff. Now, granted, there were some little bit of like caveats here and there and stuff that I may not have enjoyed as much, but what I will say is I really did enjoy seeing how these characters progress the story with the Phantom Thieves and how everything else seems to go through and challenge what they want to go through and do. And even at their lowest point, they end up finding a way to try to progress forward and try to, like, not just try, but go through and establish what they want to set out in terms of their goals, which is changing people's hearts into, like, into, like, being the, some of the best versions of themselves. So with that, inner, with that said and done, this game, Persona 5 Royal, is the best game of the last generation for me. Nice. <laughs> Very cool, Gables. Well, that is it. Uh, over three hours in, we are finally done. Uh, I'm going to do a quick run-through of all of our, our, our top 25, though, here. So uh, Gables here, top 25. 25, Outlast, 24, 29, ProScreator 1 and 2, 23, A Way Out, 22, uh, Gravity Rush, 21, Final Fantasy Curtain Call, number 20, Rocket League, 19, Hat in Time, 18, Super Mario 3D Land, 17, Persona, uh, Persona 3 and 5, Dancing in Moonlight Star- and Starlight, uh, Destiny 2 is 16, number 15, Untitled Goose Game, number 14, Danganronpa, number 13, Danganronpa 2, Goodbye Despair, number 12, Mario Kart 8, number 11, Pokemon Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, number 10, Celeste, number 9, Persona 4, Dancing All Night, uh, number 8, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, Number seven, Doom 2016. Number six, Mario 3D Land. Number five, Dragon Ball Fighters. Number four, Uncharted 4. Number three, Persona 4 Golden. Number two, Fire Emblem Awakening. Number one, Persona 5 Royal. And my uh, top 25 is 25, Outlast. 20, uh, 24, Gears 4. 23, Evil Within 2. 22, Wolfenstein 2. 21, uh, Until Dawn. 20, Gears 5. Tw- uh, 19, Yu-Gi- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Legacy of the Duels. 18, Mario Kart 8. 17, Pokemon X. 16, Hellblade. 15, A Way Out, 14, Titanfall 2, 13, Rocket League, 12, Spider-Man, 11 is Mario 3D World, 10 is New, uh, Doom 2016, 9, Celeste, 8, Hyperlight Drifter, 7, Final Fantasy 7 Remake, 6, Uncharted 4, 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, which is funny now I think about it because Metal Gear Solid 4 is number 4 last generation, uh, 4, Horizon Zero Dawn, 3, Last uh, Last Guardian, and 2 is Last Last was Part 2, and number 1, Fast Furious Crossroads slash God of War. Uh, I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't pick a pick a tie. Um, so yeah, that is our our list. We had we both had eight games in common. Uh, in the very end, uh, that will do it for us on this very long recording session for you guys. Hope you guys enjoyed us all. Uh, it is uh almost three in the morning here. Uh, love you guys. Gables, too sweet. Too sweet. Man. Bye guys. See ya.